We are Rogue Media Sports. Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Coming up on the Pete Souza podcast, be prepared to be inspired. Be prepared to come away from this conversation feeling better about yourself. Thomas Linnae is the head women's basketball strength coach at LSU. He was also the head women's basketball strength coach at Baylor. He's 29. He has two NCAA title rings, both with Kim Mulkey, but he spent time also at Drake and VCU. He's got an amazing story, and there's so many nuggets here, not only about physical fitness and weightlifting and taking care of yourself, but also taking you inside big-time college sports and the job of a strength and conditioning coach. You are going to love this conversation. The first question I have for you is, you, you grew up in Waco? Yep. You, you went to Midway. Yep. When did you get into, I saw you have like a powerlifting history. Yes. When did you get into weightlifting, weight training? Honestly, I didn't even know much about weightlifting until probably seventh grade when I entered into football in middle school. Um, and it's like, you always, I always heard my friends talk about bench press and I didn't know what that was. Yeah. Cause I grew up like pull-ups and push-ups and stuff like that. And uh, then you get into middle school and they, you know, it's regimented actual lifting and an introduction to things I've never even seen and didn't know what a barbell was. Yeah. And then, so that's where my interest started and it started through football and then getting into high school. I wasn't super interested in football anymore. Uh-huh. Um, I was always a very little dude. I went into high school, I think at 113 pounds. Not little anymore, pal. Right, exactly, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So yeah. I went in at 113 pounds, man, and football is just, you know, that, that's not for me at that point. I wasn't uh-huh. big enough to compete. Yeah. So I was looking for other things to do to stay active, and I heard about powerlifting. I was like, oh, you get to lift weights. That's really cool. And how old were you this time? Like freshman, um, sophomore year? Freshman year going okay. in, I don't know, probably what, 14, 15, mm-hmm. basically. And uh, I, I went in there and competed at 113 pounds. Uh, I got it up to, like, deadlifting 315 pounds. So, and, all, and powerlifting is all about weight class. So the less you weigh and the more you lift, the easier Did it is. Did you shoot right up? I shot right up. And um, I only competed in a few actual competitions because back then it wasn't big yet. Mm-hmm. So there was only like maybe five or six competitions a year. Okay. And like as great as it sounds, like I was little but strong. Yeah. There was people better than me for sure at our, at Midway that were actually used to lifting their whole life. And I was still being basically introduced to it. Um, and then I, I did it for a few years. And uh, I think probably junior year is I caught on fire. 
my legs caught on fire. So it kind of put me out. And you what know, happened? I worked at an auto body shop and my buddies were had like a little flint lighter, like a ferro lighter. And they were just messing around, yeah. lit a cup of paint thinner. What's a, what's a, what's, what's a, f- a flint lighter? Uh, so it's just, it, you, you scrape in it's sparks. It okay. creates sparks so you can light things on fire, like for uh-huh. camping. That's what yeah. it's for. Okay. But they had just got it. So they were just experimenting, having fun with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they got a massive cup of paint thinner. It's a very flammable chemical. Young guy stuff. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. exactly. So we, uh, they lit it on fire, and they were sitting there watching it. The irony is I'm outside in a wheelchair just messing around, being a guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Being a yeah. boy. 100%. They're rolling in. I'm like, oh, cool, let me go watch. I go rolling through the garage door. By the time I'm getting in, the fire is getting out of control, so they pick up the cup to turn around and throw it outside, not knowing I was behind them. So then it lands in front of me on the ground, splashes all over my legs. I cover my face. It singes the side of my hair and my hands. So it saved my face. And uh, I hopped out of that thing, put myself out, watched my How'd shoe. you put yourself out? I just started slapping. Okay. You know, stop, drop, and roll is not a thing. <laughs> in, in, a, in an instance like that, you do not yeah. think clearly. Uh-huh. You're yeah. just in pain. You're screaming. Yeah. And it was probably best I didn't because it's auto body shop. There's oils and all kinds of stuff on the floor. Oh my anyway. gosh, yeah, yeah. So uh, I put myself out and then they threw water on me on my shoe. It was still burning, but ended up just driving home and then eventually got convinced to go to the hospital. Yeah. And typical uh, tough guy thing. Exactly. It's exactly, like, unless it's man. falling off, like exactly. I'm not going to go. Yeah. You know, I'm shaking almost in shock driving home and it's the worst smell you could ever smell in your life. And uh, I get home and my sister's friend's mom is a nurse at Providence, which then. I was barely a block away from Providence. Mm-hmm. They told me to go in. I go in. They have a counter that comes up to your chest. And uh, they only see my hands. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay, you caught on fire. No big deal. Okay, go take a seat. Ironically, I go sit in a wheelchair. And then nurses are coming by and people are staring because my legs are just torched. And I smell. And they came by and they're like, oh, my gosh, you're worse than we thought. Let me get you back. And they take you in a little room. We're like, all right, I got to ask questions. Are you allergic to this, this, and that? What pain? Well, I'm paying a, a scale of 1 to 10. What, what's your pain? I'm like, 9.9. <laughs> and they're like, I bet. And I'm like, yeah, thanks for letting me sit here. And uh, they they run me back. And then, you know, it ended up being third degree burns and all this stuff. They give you this, Jeez. this hardcore painkiller. And it, I remember them telling me, remember to breathe. I was just like, what? That's oh, okay, it's going to be okay, some good stuff. <laughs> I was like, whatever. Like, that's easy. Like, yeah. how am I going to forget? And next thing I know, as soon as you said that, and she's injecting at the same time, I'll just go, <gasps> Like, I totally forgot. Like, you just don't feel it. So, yeah, that was that. And the next day was spring break. And, um, you know, I was out for weeks and weeks. And uh, you can't just fall behind like that in powerlifting. No. Yeah. So, after that, I was just done with that. So, that so that happens. The the wounds, the, they heal fine. Yep, they, feel, they, yeah. they heal really well. Yeah. How fast? Oh, man. It probably took months before, like, the scars actually kind of went away. And it's hard to see the scars now, which is just yeah. a miracle. Because it was third degree. Yeah. Um, but it was hard to walk for weeks was and weeks. It was like 10 years ago, probably, about yes. that? Yeah. yeah. All right. Probably. I'm just doing I the math. 16. Knowing, yeah, okay. So about 12, 13 years ago. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So at that point, you're like, okay, I, I get that. You're out. The powerlifting thing is kind of like, gosh, how do I just jump back in? Mm-hmm. So then how do you parlay that into, you know, because now straight, you clearly got the bug of strength training or, or lifting, let's say, how, how do you continue to move that forward? Yeah. So it, it gets even crazier, right? Okay. So all I ever wanted to be was a police officer or a firefighter. 
It's yeah. all I knew. It's all I ever cared yeah. about. I loved fitness as just the thing to do, my hobby. Yeah. I'd go home, run a couple miles each day, do P90X. That was my thing. Oh, yes. Uh, my dad uh-huh. did it. So yeah. I put in some tapes, add Ripper X or buys and tries or uh-huh. whatever. So that How did you find that? It. Did it work? Um, It did enough for me, <laughs> okay. for sure, especially with not knowing the things that I know now. Uh-huh. Um, It did what it needed to do for me. And uh, especially back then, I was a big runner. Mm-hmm. So that, that was a way to also just kind of like look good, too. Yeah. Um, and build muscle. So then going into college, right? You go to Baylor. Yes, go to Baylor. and um, But at this point in time, you're still, I'm going to be a police officer. Still a police officer, okay. man. That's all I wanted to do. I go to Baylor. Stepmom works there. I get free tuition. Yes. Okay? Kind of no-brainer. Do that. And I My knew, family had the same thing with Villanova University. Yes. And it's just like, it's the greatest thing in the world. Yes. It's, yeah. A blessing and yes. the best for mm-hmm. sure. And uh, I was like, man, I'm just going to go here because I can get a four-year degree. And that puts me at a top selection list for police officers and fire um, to be a firefighter because I can get picked a little bit higher because it's very hard to get into departments. Mm-hmm. And you got to find a way to separate yourself. So that was going to be my way. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, now you got to choose majors and all that stuff. And I don't know anything about that. <laughs> so I'm going with my buddy, um, Greg Garrett, and uh, that I grew up with in high school. And he's going through, we're looking through all the different majors and stuff. And he goes across exercise physiology. And, you know, I'm like, okay, cool. Exercise, weights. Yeah. Um, sounds cool to me. <laughs> you don't have to take a foreign language? Man, check mark. <laughs> My best friend is in it too. That's yeah. what I'm going to do. It doesn't matter to me. So that's what I signed up for. Because originally I thought like psychology, but then I heard it was just like impossible type oh, thing to yeah. do. Uh-huh. And um, ironically, that was one of the first classes I took. And uh, I didn't do well. <laughs> um, but that, so, yeah, that's how I chose my major. And then going from there, I just go through school. Junior year, I still want to be a police officer, firefighter, going about to go into senior year. Well, you have to do an internship just to graduate with that degree. And uh, they don't give you a whole lot of parameters on it, but you have to do something. Yeah. Well, me, not being a person who's very good at school, yeah, um, I, I get that. We didn't click very well. I didn't click well. <laughs> you in school did. It was hard for me to yeah. learn the way they wanted me to learn. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so my teachers and I respected each other, but I definitely gave them enough issues. But we, yeah. it was out of respect for sure. And uh, so going into senior year, you had to do the internship. I had two weeks because I procrastinated so long to find something. Uh-huh. And my buddy just happened to work at the uh, Farrell Center for men's and women's basketball as a like intern strength coach type thing. Okay. And I actually worked with him uh, in the rec weight room at the slick. Cause I was in charge. I was working there. Actually the I started slick? there. The student life center. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I actually started there. Yeah. Freshman year and worked my way up into ranks and to be like basically a managing role uh-huh. as a student worker for the weight room there. So you knew your way around. Right. And plus you get your power lifting background. Right. So my buddy yeah. worked there. And he's like, man, you really should think about doing this and apply for that. And I had met a basketball coach who came in. So I did. Who was the basketball coach you met? It was uh, Tim Maloney. <clears throat> okay. He was he was here for a while when I got here. And he, I don't know where he is now. He's somewhere in Florida. But okay. um, I, I got into the email chain of Charlie Melton. And he's the, he is still the strength coach for the men's basketball program. Uh-huh. I said, hey, like, you know, I have two weeks to find something. My buddy recommended this. I know Tim Maloney. Um, what are your thoughts of me getting this internship? Yeah. Well, he emails me back and says something along the lines of, you know, it's not on me or my responsibility to help you when it's your last minute thing, 
basically told me just to go away. Yeah. And like, you shouldn't have waited. Cause I had emailed a couple times where he ever responded. Okay. And he's just like, yeah, dude, like, I don't, I don't have time for you. Basically like this is on, this is your fault. <laughs> your emergency yeah. isn't like, my, well, exactly, isn't my problem. Exactly yeah, what yeah. it is. And uh, so I email him back saying, thank you so much for responding. Uh, if anything, I will take this as a learning opportunity and Ooh. I fully understand. Not, not bad, dude. Yes. So then he replied, uh, interview Wednesday at this time. <laughs> um, so boom, Wednesday comes, I roll in. Don't Cause again, you and I talked about this offline. Yeah, yeah. You're working with, you know, coaches. Yep. So it's not like, uh, okay, da, da, da. it's like, hey, dude, what are you doing? Yes. You know what I mean? This is a good opportunity. You know some people. Like, you already kind of blew it. So they exactly. tell you how it is. And exactly. then you respond like somebody who's coachable. It's a different world of standards and professionalism and punctuation mm -hmm. I've never experienced. Yeah. And they don't have time to waste on anybody at all. So they're, then they're going to let you know, because that's yeah. like you said, it's a coaching thing. That's what they do with their athletes and everybody around yeah. them. That's the world they live in. And I had no clue. So to be able to get that chance, it was like, okay, let me get, make sure. So I dress up nice. He doesn't tell me how to get in the building. <laughs> so I don't even know how to do that. And all the doors are locked yeah. to get into the feral center. Uh -huh. So that's, you know, part of who I am is uh, figuring things figure out. Figure it out, dude. Right. Yeah. So eventually I figure out how to get in. Uh, I got taken down into the weight room. Never been there before either. Um, and he comes down, probably makes me sit for half an hour, just yeah. sitting, uh -huh. you know, just let suck it up, <laughs> just sweat it out. And uh, he comes in, and we're sitting on the bench, and it's like in Iraq, basically. And he uh, he asked me a few questions that had nothing to do with anything strength condition because. I had no idea strength and conditioning were the thing. Still, at that moment in the interview, yeah. I had no idea that was like the terminology. Yeah, I didn't baffled me. <laughs> and uh, one question that stood out that I remember he asked is, "What would your perfect day be like?" What would you say? I said, honestly, I wanted. I told him I want to be a police officer. So a perfect day for me would be going out and helping save someone's life, basically. And I, I you know, he answered with. I want to be with my kids. I want to take them to go get ice cream and go play at the park and this, this, and that. Basically, had nothing to do with his career, mm -hmm. um, and mine did. But stuff I'm learning from him, a holistic point of view that I'd now adapt. But um, the interview process is just completely different. But that's just who that gentleman was yeah. and is. So a few days go by. They let my buddy go who was interning for him. Okay. And they said, hey, come on in. We're going to do this thing. And they let him go? Like they clipped him? Yes, yeah, okay. For they, whatever they, reason, they, yeah, okay. He wasn't having a, a, a good run there. So okay. were, he was frustrated with them. So uh, it was a good opportunity for him, obviously for me, but yeah. not for my buddy. He's doing fine now. But <laughs> yeah. uh, So I came in and um, started learning about the world of strength conditioning. doing here rusty what are we gonna do uh, yep we're doing the uh, king of the hill rewatch podcast king of the hill yes, rewatch podcast yeah so we're gonna go through one episode at a time uh come along for the ride with us come check it out and, and give me give me a good um like dale gribble quote to go out on 
Wingo. Yeah, Wingo. 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 All right. Well, join us. Uh, join us for uh, the uh, King of the Hill rewatch podcast. Maybe in the heart of Texas. That drinks his brew and he spits his shoe. Maybe in the heart of Texas. The TV players, but no one cares. Maybe in the heart of Texas. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 911, what's your emergency? Do you hear that? It's coming from the house. It's coming from inside the house? Uh, do you mean, could it be? The Poltergeist House. New from Rogue Media, two haunted hotties talking about haunted places. Every episode, we dive deep into the darkest places and give you a bit of history. We're getting spooky in all the right places. You've gobbled your last ghoul. Follow along for the craziest and spookiest stories with Debbie's Dark Tourism. The Stanley Hotel, Winchester House, The Alamo, Hotel Monte Vista, and more spooky places. Find us at the underscore poltergals. P-O-L-T-E-R-G-A-L-S. Look over your shoulder. It's us, the Poltergals. Wherever you consume the podcast, you can find us there.
Hey y'all, I'm April. Hi, I'm Caroline. And we have a new podcast for you. What's it called, Caroline? Uh, Bloody Happy Hour. It's going to be your new favorite guilty pleasure. We're going to talk about some bloody stuff. Serial killers. True crime. Rape. <laughs> Rapists. Why not join us? We'll have a good time. You literally never know. I don't know what I'm going to say. <laughs> Bloody Happy Hour. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Are you thrown right in? Like, what, what's your day-to-day? Like, what, what semester is it? What time of year? What sports? This was June okay. of 2015. All right. So, right before my senior year. And, you know, I'm doing for hours to, for school. And um, for me, coming from a blue-collar side of things, yeah, all I know and love to do is work. So, they don't tell me anything. This is who Charlie is, Charlie Melton, and then yeah. Jeremy Hefner is the women's sure. strength coach. Uh-huh. One other question Jeremy asked me in an interview because uh-huh. he just came out of nowhere from his office to, to talk to me. He wanted me to, like, what kind of program are you running right now? Like, what for yourself? What do you do in the weight room? What did you say? <laughs> they, they loved this because I'm honest. I'm a very honest person, so I wasn't going to lie. I said, uh, I'm doing the, the Jack, what's it, human, like uh, Wolverine. Jack, oh, <laughs> Hugh Wolverine. Jackman. Yes, Hugh Jackman. Yeah. I'm doing the Wolverine workout right now. <laughs> I looked up what he was doing, and that's what I'm doing. <laughs> And he just, they just looked at each other and laughed. I was like, but for me, it's an integrity thing. Like, I'm not going to make something up just to, like, fit in. Yeah. And uh, uh, they laughed. And he's like, okay, what well, do you deadlift? And I was like, yeah, I deadlift. <laughs> you and know like, that, yeah. Right, because I know how to do it. But, like, what I knew was wrong, how to do it, so yeah. on. But um, so I gave him that. And that's, uh, you know, the integrity piece maybe is what they saw uh-huh. in that. And then, but, yeah, so when I came in and started interning, it was clean this Make sure everything's placed perfectly back at the end of the day. Make sure the, the fridges are fully stocked when we get here, when we leave. What time snacks. are you getting there? Man, uh, I, I just remember getting there some days at like 6, 6.30 uh-huh. a.m. Before I, I can't get else. in the building, but I want to be there before them. Yeah. So they let me in the building so that way I go in and get things done before they have a chance to do it themselves. Because yeah. Charlie's not someone who's going to sit around and wait for you to do it. Yeah. He's going to do it because it needs to be done. Yeah. And that's the that's what I've adopted. And if something needs to be done, I'm just going to do it. doesn't matter what to, level of, I would yeah. love for you to do it. Yeah. But I'm not going to wait for it. It needs to be done for my, I mean, everything has to be perfect for his athletes and for Jeremy's athletes. And so they weren't afraid just to do what they needed to do. You're here to help them. Yeah. But they're not going to babysit you. And they did not. Um, so I would, I did all those things. I, I mean, I would go clean things, the bikes, the racks, and he'd come over and find some little tiny groove with his pinky. Oh, really? And show me like all the <laughs> dust and it was, man, be more thorough, be more detailed. I would imagine at that point he saw something in you yep. where he was like, I'm going to break this guy's stones a little bit and, and just kind of push him because yes. there's a moment when somebody is next level and you're like, look at how hard this guy's working. Yes. You know, let me see what he's made of almost. It's like breaking in a horse or anything, man. It's like, <laughs> how much can he take yeah. before, he, before he just loses it? And I never did. Yeah. I just I just take it and take it and just do, do, do. What um, was your interaction like? It's June, so I'm, I'm guessing some people, athletes are working out, right? Yeah. The, nobody really goes home in big-time sports. Right. You know, maybe for a little bit, but they come back. What was that like for you? Like, you're around, you know, Division One athletes. Yeah. yeah. It's very intimidating. Yeah. Very, especially the men. They're huge human beings. <laughs> yeah. 
And that was something I've never been around that close, right? You see him from afar. Yeah. No big deal. You get in person and it's like, man, and a lot of the football really guys are, are there. Oh, I'm, this I'm is guessing. basketball only. Oh, yeah. Only basketball. Yes. Okay. Those gotcha. guys are biggest football players. Yeah. And even bigger because they're six seven, six eight, six nine. You know, Joe Akil was it six eleven. Rico was six seven. Is it Rico Gathers was huge? Is there yes. any any kind of any like positive interaction you remember that was like you're welcome to like Division One college sports with with an athlete? I, I remember some of the the girls on the girl side are like uh, Dakia Cohen, uh, Nina Davis were were fairly nice. Uh, they kind of helped me just gather myself and and make me feel a little comfortable. Uh-huh. The men, so important. Uh, a little bit, yeah. um, but they're just so big and intimidating. It's hard to like feel it out. Yeah, um, but I don't really have any specific. Well, we know you go back with with Coach Mulkey. Yes. What was your first interaction like with her? <sighs> Man, it's just watching from afar because you know I I wanted to go watch practice because I know that's somewhere I can learn from a lot, and. Uh, they tell you, okay, you can come in, but just don't be walking in and out. Don't make yourself seen. Don't make, just sit there and observe. Yeah. So I'm observing and, you know, you see how serious she is about everything. And it's a seriousness from a high level of excellence and standard um, that she has for every single person who's around her that's going to be involved with her program um, because she expects that from her staff and her players because how else are you going to win the way she wins if, mean, if you don't have that? Yeah. So then my thought immediately, and I'll tell people all the time, is I was not going to leave that internship or whatever without learning something from a Hall of Fame coach. Yeah. Like, why, how ignorant would that have been of me just to have been there, just to be there and not take something out of that? So I was constantly observing, standing, I would stand near her yeah. to hear how she handled situations verbally. Where did you get this from? I just, I, man, going natural through, curiosity or yeah. So then going college was tough for me. Like it is yeah. for most people. And the sophomore junior year is really where you figure things out. Cause I was not a good uh, student and I, yeah. I had a hard time with grades and stuff. And I really just had to teach myself and I would learn through, uh, like motivational, aspirational videos. So like a lot of Les Brown, uh, Steve Harvey, yeah. like Will Smith, they have all this wisdom and I've always been attracted to wisdom. And, and basically wasn't, you know, you take from people's advice and apply it to your life so you don't mm-hmm. make that mistake because yeah. they're passing it down for you not to make that mistake. <laughs> so then I really take that stuff in. And that was helping me get through school when I was having a hard time, like, staying up late, really grinding and all yeah. that stuff out and not understanding why certain things were they, where they were. So then I just kind of opened my mind and, into that. You uh, understood kind of what greatness was. Exactly. And yeah, how, how to be great. Because right. the, the people you're talking about right. are people who have all those guys, like Steve Harvey, Will Smith, that they yes. have stories yes. of hardship. Yes. You know, so, and they share that with you. So you're watching yes. Coach Mulkey and you're just like, you just kind of by proximity want to be close to her. Yes. So you're picking up. What, what, did, you, what did you pick up from that? Man, like, I mean, she just. You know, she would, the way she coached is just so simplified and, you know, you're stopping everything to fix what was wrong, but why would you not, you don't say, why would you just let it go to figure it out? Because they're there to be coached and not to figure things out. That's not how coaching really works. It's the same thing in the weight room. Like, Hey, come in and let me see. You just bench and let me just figure it out. Mm -hmm. Same thing. Same concept. So she, she just, the way she would break the things down, like, Keep look at the ball. All right, look down your elbow and see the ball. See ball beat. See man. Look down your elbow, and it's like man, she just really gives good cues, so that way the player's not like okay, let me just look at the ball and then look at the man. But like 
here's how you're going to do it out of your peripheral. You've seen your elbow, boom, that's where the ball should be in line with your elbow type thing. Yeah. And and she'll go in and she'll demonstrate and then she'll place people the way you should place the angles and the specific spacing and all those things. And it's like, man. How long are, are her practices? Um, it varies during yeah. the year. We don't do a whole lot in the summer uh-huh. from a basketball standpoint. But when October hits and the hours change from NCA from yeah. eight hours to twenty hours, we all use all twenty yeah. in a week. Okay, we use like four hour practice. I'm just because she reminds me of I've heard like Larry Brown, mm-hmm. I, and I've experienced working with him. He is like that too. Like yeah. he could tell you what everybody's doing on every single play, yes. and he'll take every, he'll. I mean, literally, it doesn't matter who has the ball or whatever. He'll stop, and he knows everybody's job. Yes, and he's constantly. Applying that and, and t- same mm-hmm. kind of deal as, as Coach Mulkey in a sense where he's just a magnificent coach where wherever he goes, you know, there's wherever there's going to be success there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, and I think that has a lot to do with it. The attention to details unmatched. Yeah. And that's one thing I took away from it uh-huh. is attention to detail. And that's what Charlie Mountain and Jeremy were instilling in me when they come over and find something dirty on the bike yeah, yeah. or whatever it may be. Um, is your attention to detail because it affects everything else that goes on. And, uh, you know, one thing Charlie gave me, the first thing he told me to do, um, actually before I started, or maybe before the interview process, he said, watch Hero Dreams of Sushi. Okay, I don't know if you ever heard of it. No. Back then it was on Netflix. Um, I didn't know what it was. Obviously I figured something <laughs> what is it was sushi. And uh, I go to watch it and I tell my mom about it. Hey, we're going to watch this. Uh, I'm supposed to do it as an assignment. Well, it's all in Japanese. The whole thing's in Japanese, and it's about a sushi chef in Japan, in Tokyo, who owns a restaurant, six chairs in it, or something like that, very tiny. Yeah. But he's the best sushi chef there is. Yeah. Highest Michelin rating, whatever, and how he goes every single morning, like 4 a.m., to go find the best pieces of tuna, the best quality of fish possible to put in his restaurant. And you have to book him years in advance years in advance and it's very expensive and it's like a come in you eat it the way he serves it you don't add anything else and then you get out but it, the, the tension the details there the simplicity is another big piece of what i was instilled from with coach mulkey jeremy and charlie the simplicity like how like of everything you do with an athlete and honestly in life in general but the like coach the way she black coaches, and white, right? yes, like, exactly like what's the next right thing why why can make it more complex than it really needs to be like yeah humans are have an innate process to do things and make them more complex than it really can't should be Mm -hmm. because it can't be that easy. Yeah. But sometimes it really is, especially when you're speaking to people who don't know what they're doing, who are trying to learn, you really got to break it down to the most fundamental process you could possibly do. Yeah. And then it's like, then they easily learn because they not everyone understands the way you understand or the way I Uh understand. And coach understands that my mentors understood that, but they got stuff to do, and it's like, hey, we have to have you learn this because if you don't, then it's us. Yeah, <laughs> then we're out of here. <laughs> yeah. So the easier you break it down, the easier they they grasp the concepts of basketball, or the fundamentals, or the defensive nature of Kim, and all those things. When when, when you're there and, and you know you have those interactions, you're an intern, you're kind of keeping close watch on her to yep. pick things up, and then what happens after that? Like, what happens after after that internship wraps up? You end up back at Baylor. Yeah. Did you ever leave? No. No. So you so, go from, okay. So I, how, did, yeah. how did that happen? I interned all summer long. And then, you know, my internship technically ended in like August. That's all that was you're supposed to do. Yeah. Um, and now you're seeing. How that. much did I learn, right? How much I learned then was predicated on the questions I asked or didn't ask. They weren't there. Charlie and Jeremy weren't like, hey, here, 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 here. 
they're like, if you want to learn, you need to ask questions. So if you didn't ask anything, you're not going to learn. What's anything. the what's the fine line between being a pest and being somebody who's curious mm -hmm. and looking to go, get information? Yeah, they they that was a fine line that I did not know about, and that's hard <laughs> to find. And then I, I experienced with interns nowadays. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. Don't mirror me. Don't yeah. hug me while yeah. I'm lifting. Yeah. Go do what you can do. Like all I did during lifts where. It, I hope the players change the weights uh -huh. or I would spot them, right? I don't give any cues of how to do anything yeah. because Jeremy and Charlie have a specific way to do it. And um, and then after that, Jeremy was good at having an after actions report. So we go talk a little bit or he'll give me a book to read and we talk about it a couple of year, uh, a couple of weeks later. And Charlie was he's a very old school guy and he's like, he doesn't say anything unless you want to ask questions. So I had to make sure I... Hey, why why are we squatting every day? Why do you squat every day? I thought you can't do that yeah. for the same muscle group every day. That's one question that sticks with me every day. And he's hey, Jeremy, come over here, listen to this question. It's a really good question. Yeah. I was like, okay, man, I, I did it. Yeah. I, what I was, was like, his answer? Relevant. He said it just depends on the volume and like intensity that you squat with. Like you can't squat four hundred pounds every day. Yeah. But I can do a squat with four hundred pounds for three reps one day, and then I could do squat with one hundred fifty pounds for a few reps the next day. Like it just yeah. you just weigh the loads. And uh, it doesn't really hurt your body as much. So, so you're asking good questions, and this right. is happening. And now you're, and I know this, this is, it's a really tough circle to crack. Yes. Right? Yep. But once you're in, you're yeah. in. If you, if, if, if you work, like I can tell you, you got a great attitude, and you're working your ass off. Yeah. You're a smart guy. You're in, dude. Right. Like, so how do you stay in that stream and continue to swim upstream? Right. So the way I got in had nothing to do with strength conditioning or the questions I asked. It had everything to do with my work ethic is, yeah. man, this guy's here all day, every day. He doesn't go home before I do. He doesn't <laughs> go home. He gets here before I do type thing. And he does everything I ask him to do and more before I had to ask it. That was a big thing for Charlie. So the work ethic got me in. And then going into the next year, they asked me to stick around. There was already one person in the assistant strength coach position, which was the first person ever for them. So the that, first assistant strength coach yeah, ever. Yeah, the New guy position. ahead of me. It was yeah. his first one, um, and he. So there wasn't a spot for me. Mm -hmm. They go, like, "Hey, man, like if you want to stick around? We'd love to have you, but we can't pay you. We can't mm -hmm. do anything." So essentially, I was working for free. Working, I was there yeah. for free all year long, and just grinding. Are you taking classes, so you're a student. Seventeen so hours of classes. <laughs> Get in there at 6 a.m., <laughs> stocking the fridges, everything, so they wouldn't have to do it. At this point, I had access to the gym. Now, yeah. <laughs> so I was able to get in and do ask. everything, yeah. park at the Ferrell Center, ride my bike to class, and then come back afterwards, after class, and then you know stay for practices, because practices were after class for the mm -hmm. athletes as yeah, well. Yeah. Then I would stay you know, 5, 6, 7, 8 p.m., because I would work for both teams, and they weren't always matching their schedule. And then I'd repeat the process in the morning. And then days we had games, specifically double header games man yeah you know it's you're there eight I, there's multiple days where i had 18 hour days in a row and, and i still had class and coming up at some point so it was it's that's like like you said earlier like it's a small circle and like if you really want it man you gotta you yeah. gotta grind to fit it in but like that's where my passion started coming out it was after that summer it's like man i really like this this is really cool yeah um i'm learning a lot and that's when it's like oh maybe i don't want to be a police officer anymore things are changing why is that um, so then I would work for free and I needed to do something anyway because I had class. And then after that year working for free, I go into my master's program immediately after school, like two weeks off and then mini masters and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I wanted to kind of grind it out. 
<laughs> so here's the hold on. Here's a guy who doesn't like school, and now you're going for your masters. What right. what what the hell changed? So to be a strength coach yeah. at that point, I guess I was already like you I knew. Want, this okay, is what I want to do. Uh-huh. Yeah, you need a master's degree. You don't need one, but it really helps you, yeah. especially at this level. Uh-huh. Uh, you need really need one, and you need to do um, an internship for uh, CSCCA to get a SCCC, so Certified Strength Conditioning uh-huh. Coaches Certificate uh, Association. And that is like the gold standard to be a strength coach, okay? So to do that, you had to have a 640-hour internship with a master <laughs> strength coach in Charlie Melton. Yeah. So you had to do that. You had to pass a written exam online, and you had to do – you had to write your own program for what they assigned, which was off-season uh, softball, and then you had to go demonstrate the list in front of master strength coaches in a, a different city – and then you had to defend your program of why you did. So a what different you did. type of schooling. Yes. You know? Well, that was separate yeah. from my actual master's okay, program. Okay. 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 Master's program. I went in for sport pedagogy. Um, basically, all the same building, similar classes to undergrad, but just at a higher, more advanced level. What is sport pedagogy? Basically, a fancy word to uh, coaching. Okay. How to okay. learn how to coach, basically. Okay. So um, that was just the route I took because I could do like sports management or whatever yeah. things like that. But I just trying to, once again, I was just trying to get the degree because I don't really do well in school. Yeah. I do really well at teaching myself. Um, so then I got a master's program for the next year. Well, the guy leaves the assistant. He leaves to go start his head positions. I think he went to DBU and still is. Dallas Baptist? Okay. Yep, yep. And um, they're going in that summer. Now there's a position open. Boom, gave it to me. Why? Because of my work ethic. More than anything, it's yeah. because of my work ethic. I still didn't know near enough to do what I needed to do, especially like to train an athlete. I could do very basic stuff, uh-huh. but I just worked hard. Like things were going to run smoothly no matter what program I was with. Everything was run smoothly. They can do their job really, really well because everything else set up before it was time to lift. It was good to go, break down. There was going to be zero issues. That's what I'm really good at, like efficiency. Yeah. So I get that position making $17,000 a year. Still not much. <laughs> Taking however many hours of classes at grad school. Now the classes are e- evening time. Uh-huh. So now it's like, okay, I spent all day from 6 a.m., whatever, at uh, work. And then they get practice. And then I go to class until 9 p.m. or something yeah. like that. You know, back then I have all kinds of energy. It's not a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> <It> <laughs> you was, still it do. It wasn't as yeah. difficult. It uh-huh. was tiring, but it's not as difficult as it would have been now. Um, <laughs> so it was like that all year long, man, all year. And, uh, and then... Two years of being an assistant, walking into 2018, um, my mentor, Jeremy Hefner, actually had left in the okay. 2017 to go to Tyler High School. Matt Shadid comes in for the women's side. Sure. And then a year and a half later, he leaves at the beginning of the season of 2018. And Kim's like, hey, you're going to be the interim strength coach. Tells me in the hallway, right after practice. Brings both of us in there. Hey, he's leaving. I need you to take over. I'm just like... <laughs> All right. This is awesome. And so now you're the main guy right. for the women's basketball right. team. And to be honest, my confidence level wasn't where it needed to be to take over that position. Yeah. But it got there really quickly because I had to do it. Yes. So it's like, okay, I need to hammer out, ask questions to whoever I need to ask questions to, really research and make sure whatever I do. Would is you, just did you use Charlie anybody. as a sounding board? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, what a I resource, mean, right, to me. have right yes. down the hall. Uh, yeah. Yes, he, he guided me, and Jeremy was on the phone with me often enough. And, yeah. you know, I, I've learned how to educate myself at that point, especially in strength conditioning, and like research articles or just reaching out to people. Or just Honestly, social media is a great way for me to learn. How? Um, a lot of strength coaches at other schools, they love to share what they're doing. They show videos of what they're doing in the weight room. 
So then I'm able to, like, all right, that looks cool. Um, and it's not just looks cool, but it's functional yeah, for my sure. team. Uh-huh. And uh, this is a good knee exercise for this person who has knee pain all the time. How can I incorporate it with my overall holistic program? Yeah. So then I would play with things and, and figure it out. When you say overall holistic program, what do you you mean by that? So when I'm guiding, like when I'm writing a program for the player to lift, so like, you know, you're doing this exercise and this one and this one and this one, and then this is what it's going to do for performance aspect yeah, and how it's going to help us do better on the court and most importantly, keep us from harm and injury. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was my only goal going in that that season because I think we had played three games was – just keep everybody healthy all year yeah. long because then it keeps everybody available to play. And obviously that's the most important that's thing. A, yeah. that mm-hmm. I don't need to try to prove myself by making them lift 500 pounds because mm-hmm. that doesn't make you a better basketball player by any means. Yeah. I, like, I can lift. I lived a lie, and I'm really bad at basketball. Did you learn that? Did you learn that early? Like, hey, my job is not to, yes. you know, try to make a statement yes. here or make these guys like super strong girls, you know? And yeah. that's what those Women. vets, Charlie and Jeremy, were very good at teaching me because yeah. they had been around the block. They've been there, you know, 10, 15, 20 years. They they know how it works. And it's like the best ability is availability. Yeah. And that's like, yeah, that's what I'm, that's what like, I'm like, let me ask for. you this. Just like for your, you know, you're, you're 35,000 feet above all this. I, I grew up as a Sixers fan. And the thing about Allen Iverson is he played every game. You knew he was going to play regardless mm-hmm. of what he was up to. And, you know, if I was a New Orleans Pelicans fan, my head would have exploded a couple weeks ago because, you know, Zion, yeah, yeah. He, he can't get on the floor. And it seems like, I'm just going to say, I'm going to say what, what I believe and what I've heard. He's, he's just not in shape. Yeah. You know what I mean? He yeah. doesn't want to go out there and play when he's not in shape. What do you do if you have a player that you're, you're really struggling, like they're hurt, they're rehabbing, and they're not following the program? Yeah. Well, well, I mean, I've been around it. You know, I went to Richmond football there. Yeah. We've worked in sports for a while. Like, how do you handle that? So it's different <laughs> for a lot of strength coaches. And I, I really have adopted a whole new approach to athletes like that. And it starts from the summer when it's just me and them. And it's four days a week. They don't see anybody else hardly ever. And I'm around them for an hour and a half, two hours each day. And they're doing things that aren't basketballs, right? So they don't. They care, but they don't care as much as they would if they yeah. had a ball in their hand. So that's where I start off with the approach of, you know, I know you're not here to be a weightlifter, but it's it will help keep you healthy and supplement your performance. So that way, when you go down low and you have to hit people and bang with people on the court, you're not getting moved around as hard. All right. So I get that aspect of it. And I really have taken the approach, a faith-based approach, because that's just the biggest thing to me ever is my faith is yeah. when you come in, I'm, I love you. Like, I don't care what it is and what, how mad you are at me. I'm just here to help you get better. And that's a, a place of unconditional love. You're going to make a mistake. You come in the uh, weights late. Here's some mercy, man. Like, I've been late a million times. You've done a hundred things right before that. Why am I only focused on the one time you've done something wrong all yeah. of a sudden? That, that doesn't make any sense from any kind of ratio perspective. And honestly, from a faith-based perspective, it's like you show mercy, right? Yes. So that's why I teach them that way in an art of forgiveness. But they also need to do things like say I'm sorry to the team and own their responsibility, have accountability of, of those types of things. So then we, we get that stuff out of the way from a mental standpoint. And I tell them, man, like you look at a way the person is, they only become worse. You look at them for what they could be and they will be, right? So somebody's potential That's great. That's great. Somebody's potential within them isn't always seen by them. 
they need someone else to help them take them there that they don't know exist. So a lot of people, a lot of coaching industries are just like, just bam, bam, bam. I'm going to get it out. I'm going to break you type thing. I, I don't do that. I, I really just love on them and allow them to make mistakes. But I'm going to be your guiding light because I've seen what it takes. I know what it takes. I know how to get there. And I know you're frustrated and you're a human and you're totally valid in these emotions. They're not Instead of me telling you you're not allowed to feel this way yeah. or like you hurt today, but we're going to suck it up. That, that usually doesn't do very well with athletes. <laughs> and that's how you go down the path that they don't want to do anything with you anymore because you're just constantly. Come on, suck it up. Exactly. Like, we got to like work hard. You got to get through that wall. Yes, you constantly yeah. battle with them. So every single day, like say if it was Zion or something, I do this to my athletes every day. How do we feel today? What, how do you feel for yesterday? I, I texted a player right now. I sent her a lift. Uh, she's going to the league on the 25th, Ladesia. Um, yeah. She's going to Indiana. <laughs> How do you feel from yesterday? Because I sent her a lift and I'm not there to help and like really observe. Because yeah. my coaching eye is what guides everything. I don't need technology. I just need to see and speak to you. Okay. Right. So she texts me. Yeah, my, my knees bothering me a little bit today. I was like, that's good to know. I did not expect that at all. And uh, I said, well, we're going to chill out on that today. We're just going to, we're not going to focus on the knee or lower body stuff. We need you to feel good for training camp. We need yeah. you to feel good to go on the court. If you feel good on the court, you're going to play really well. Yeah. If you're a little sore, if a little ache in the shoulder, you're not going to play well. And I can exacerbate that if I do the wrong things just because I want to do it to, to chase a number in the weight room type yeah. thing. So I give my players a lot of autonomy, but I guide them very, very much so. And they know that. And I, I, I don't let them slack off. But at the same time, they choose the music and they're dancing and having fun in yeah. between sets. But they're not off pace they're doing what they need to do and in between dancing having fun it's never too long or too much and if it ever is i i, I go over I just casually hey let's hit the next set and then we'll go yeah. from there and then they love the weight room i have multiple athletes who've been to other schools hated it hated yeah. the weight room now it's like they just they absolutely love it they love being with the team and and just being with me because i i don't try to be over them i just i want to meet them where they're at and I, I'm at the same level, but I am the guiding source yeah. in the weight room. Well, you got a lot of humility. Yes, and, exactly. And, and, and it's like, you know, you, you, you have an ego. We all have an ego, yep. but it doesn't control you. And right. you, I mean, the way you speak just so openly and honestly, mm -hmm. it's very relatable. Right. I'm, I'm sure they like pick up on that because it's yeah. authentic. Then that's what I tell them at the beginning of every off season. Here are our standards. And the first standard is to have fun and love what you're doing in here. Because if you can't do that, it's going to be a very long season. Yeah. And uh, and I tell them, you know, you're going to see a lot of humility. I mean, when I make a mistake, you can correct me or I'm going to let you know. I'm sorry. Like, that's on me. I didn't mean to do this or I didn't mean to tell you to do whatever it is like that. And so integrity is a big piece of what I want. Because I'm not just telling them, like, I don't want to just make them a good basketball player. I want to make them a good human being that develops 20 years, 30 years down the road. Yeah. And, like, when I tell recruits and their families – you know, I need you to be able to pick up your grandchildren 30, 40 years down the road. I don't need to, like, just get these four years out of you just to, yeah. for, for me and for the team to get rings and stuff. Like, this is a very short period of your life, and I have a very holistic view of everything's bigger than life type view type yeah. thing. So uh, things could always be worse, and I'm always wanting them just to be good human beings at the end of the day, and that's just how I teach it. What was it like when you're teaching, you know, you're the interim guy, but you're mm -hmm. the main guy? Okay, and so it's 2019, and you guys go on this run, mm -hmm. and you continue it, it, throughout the season. Like there were some, there were some low points. People forget that there yeah. were some low points that you got to, you know, coach them up and, and keep them going forward through. But then 
like typical Coach Mulkey fashion, the team starts to peak towards the end of the season. Yep. What, what was that ride like? What do you remember from that? Uh, I remember a lot of things. A lot of things to learn from is, you know, and since it was my first basically head job, is it was frustrating at times because I was still building my confidence and knowing I didn't understand things and be able to control the situations. And I really wanted to control a lot of things all the time. Like, why are they doing this? Why, why, why would they not listen? Why? <laughs> what, you know, what am I saying wrong? What am I doing? And then they come out towards them, and they did an awesome job. I remember one time, I want to say it was a lead eight or three sixteen <laughs> game. I was we were warming up for the game, and I was telling Lauren Cox and Kalani Brown and somebody else to do some line hops or whatever. <laughs> and then I started cheering, but I, I don't normally cheer. I hadn't normally cheered during the middle of that. Normally, I'd just say do this, and then I would say stop, switch, or whatever. Yeah. So as soon as I started making noise, they stopped because they expected me to say stop or whatever. Yeah. Um, Cause you don't do it very long. So then I got frustrated. I immediately was like, can I not just say anything? Can I not just clap and cheer you on? But it's like, and they didn't say anything. Yeah. And that was huge on their part. Yeah. Cause they could see that obviously I'm inexperienced from that standpoint, but like it's on me at the end of the day and they don't it's not the place that had that conversation yeah yeah they were more mature at that point from that perspective <laughs> than i was i was just frustrated because i was just so all over the place because yeah. I, I was i was trying to cheer them on but i never done it before and i get where they came from so and man the first time i ever warmed them up I lost my voice when was this this was in a big 12 tournament in okc uh-huh. jeremy uh had a funeral for his grandmother and I was texting him the whole time, we're going to be here, we're going to be here, because I was so nervous. <laughs> Never, I hadn't done it, especially on that stage. Yeah. And we're in the Thunder Arena, and uh, I remember they're all talking, and, and they light them up and get them going, and then I lose my voice <laughs> seconds into it, because I'm not used to being that loud. Yeah. And, and to be able to yell. What did you do? Yell, being able to yell is a skill. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> gone. And the strength coach for the other team, I don't remember who we were playing, Oklahoma State maybe, was there, and I was like, man, I'm so nervous. This is so sad. I can't even talk. <laughs> And I was like, I told Nina Davis, like, hey, what's my voice like? Like, I need you to help me, like, get them going. Yeah. And so she kind of helped guide, and I would just do the hand signals, or I tried to yell, and he, man, it's so squeaky, and like, <laughs> it was so embarrassing. But like, I was like, man, I don't know what else to do. Like, yeah, I don't have a whistle or nothing, and I'm not a whistle person. So uh, she helped do it all, and I just, I just got through it, and I was like, okay, I just got to watch a game, and just I don't have to say anything. <laughs> well, hey, go back to me about um, you said, uh, what is it like raising your voice is a skill. Yeah. Yeah. What, what yelling is a skill? Explain I that. Another, like, I want to say either during my int, uh, probably assistantship was we were on the football field and um, we're running the players up and down the field based off polar heart rate monitors. I can see their heart rate. And then when it drops a certain percentage, I yell at that player to go again. Well, Jeremy allows me to do it. We're on a football field, very open, right? Mm-hmm. So you don't have all the like reflection of sound off the walls from inside a practice yeah. gym. And I'm at the 50 yard line looking at the, the data. And I'm yelling, they can't hear me. They're at, they're at the end zone. I'm at the 50 yard line. Yeah. And they're like, what? I'm like, Nina, Nina. And like, eventually, Jamie would kind of stood in between and he would just boom, bounce it. <laughs> but it's like, man, okay, it really is a skill. You really have to develop how yeah. to like yell and get your voice accustomed. Every single year, once the summer is over, I don't yell a lot in the summer. Mm-hmm. And when I have to yell in front of the crowds and like getting teams warmed up, my. My throat is sore. I almost lose my voice because I just haven't done it for so long. Yeah. 
and, and it's an art to be very, very loud. And I think it's why you see some like older coaches and they're very raspy. Oh yeah. That. Uh-huh. Just, I think you ruined some things in your voice box. <laughs> Doc but, Rivers is one guy. Right, like, right, I'm exactly, like, wow, he sounds, exactly. he used to sound so much different when he was on ESPN as right. to how he sounds now. So I want to talk to you a little bit about how old are you, by the way? 29. So you're 29. You've won two championships. Yep. You have two rings. Yep. One of them mm-hmm. is right here. Yeah. Uh, I mean, what is that like to, cause I know you, you, you get it, yep. you know, you, you, are self-involved and you're self-aware. What does that mean to you to at this point in your career have, have won two titles? Uh, honestly, it's just, it's a humble experience for me. It's something I'm actually battling with now currently to figure out, you know, you get all this fame and glory and all this stuff. You be Now I'm on a pedestal, right? Mm-hmm. I've had this conversation with one, maybe two people. Um, cause I'm very, like I said, my Christianity is just, it's the biggest thing in the world to me to glorify God. And it's like, man, I'm, I'm put up there above everybody else. I'm not above everybody else. That's not how I operate. Mm-hmm. And I'm not someone to be in the spotlight. I don't, I'm, because I don't want to seem better than somebody. Cause I don't feel that way. I don't, I don't put myself out there that way. And, uh, when when my friend texts me after two or three days, I texted him because yeah. I needed something from him. He said, man, I was going to text you and say congratulations, but I just figured I was so low on your list. And I said, that, that hurt my heart, man. Yeah, It's like, there's no list, man. If God doesn't have a list, why do I need a list? <laughs> Who am I to one up yeah. God? It's like, I don't, I don't like that. I don't operate that way, but I get what he was coming from. Mm-hmm. We're all humans. It's, that's how we, we perceive things. And um, now that I've won two, it's... And I just, it's, it's tough to put into words how happy I am and how blessed I am. Um, because I've worked so hard to do all these things and get to where I am, but I didn't do it to be better than you. I I did it to, I tell my team all the time, and this is, this might be very interesting to see what people say. Cause I tell some, I'll tell my team, I don't care about winning or losing at all. That's not what this life is to me at all. I'm not going to die tomorrow because I was so upset we lost yesterday. And like I said, I'm a bigger than life person or just being frustrated in general. I'm a happy, very positive outlooking guy because that's the bigger life perspective. Yeah. And I've told him that if you lose, you get what you deserve, which means if you work really hard, you're probably going to get what you need to get. And if you didn't, then you're probably going to lose that game because you probably could put up extra shots or you've done something different weeks ahead of time. Right. So that's the perspective I've worked off with them. Now, it's also that I want them to achieve everything they want to achieve. That's what makes me happy is they want to win. Well, you talked about it earlier. Right. You want to see their full potential realized. Correct. Yeah. They they want to win, and they, this is their goal in the weight room so that the way they can do whatever they need to do on the court, that's what I want for them. It's not for me. I love work. I love to do things and just not stop work <laughs> ethic. That's what makes me – that's my talent. Yeah. My talent is work ethic. So when someone's working hard, man – it's just like I get that fuel and that that uh, catecholamine rush in my body. It's just like I'm gonna be there with you because yeah. you're you're putting in the work. I'm gonna do everything possible. Um, and Angel was one of those people, man. She just it was funny. I told her the other day or a couple of weeks ago, she was working so hard in practice, and I was just like, "This is Angel awesome. Reese, yes, okay. Angel Reese. Yeah, she yeah. was working so hard in practice." And she wanted her water, but it wasn't getting to her fast enough. So I ran and grabbed her water and sprinted out after her. I was like, you've been working hard, man. Like, I, trust me, I'm going to get it done for you. Yeah. But anyways, going back to the original conversation, yeah. it's just like, that's all I want in this life is to help other people achieve what they want to achieve. 
And for me, that's that's what my that's my national championship. Yeah. And to keep them healthy, every single one of those players could have ran out on the court and jumped and had, had a great time because they had no problems. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's I don't want to I don't know how much you know my faith is everything right. Like I said, yeah. so it, it's been hurting my heart a lot. Um, about all the success out. and and, and now people want pictures of me. Yeah. I walk in somewhere and they're like, oh, let me get a picture. Normally, like I just like to go talk to people <laughs> that don't know who I am yeah. and make a genuine connection. Yeah. And we just literally just start talking, and I just have that that demeanor and the vibe I put off to where like they just tell me everything about them, and I don't even know them. I can just go sit at a restaurant and get to know somebody completely well, and you see the genuineness in their eyes. Yeah. But now you just don't. I personally just don't see a whole lot of genuineness anymore. It's kind of ingenuineness because of what who I what I've done, not who I am. Yeah. And I'm a big who I am person. Well, you have the ability right. with your platform and because, right. to let God shine through you right. and, 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 and impact that person in a positive way. And that's what I've been told yeah. recently and how I needed to perceive it. That's the only thing, yeah. Because uh-huh. all you have is the way you react to a certain situation. Right. And yeah, I, I'm sort of the same way in a mm-hmm. sense where if I ever get too high on the hog or I think whatever, yeah, you know, it's just, I'm just another bozo on the bus trying to do God's work. I mean, literally right. that's right. That's, that's how I, that's how I see it. Right. Uh, and so I, I'm with you on that a little bit. Like it's hard, right. Yeah. To stay right sized. Yes. You know? and, and that perspective is my number one driver every day. But then also then it goes to show if you work really hard, you can get where you want. Like, yes. you know, the old cliche. Well, you can share that. Like yes, you're doing exactly, now. Exactly. Yeah. Like how I got lucky to get the internship. Yeah. I don't even want to do this. I never even heard of it yeah. and how your God can change your plans in a blink of an eye. I had all these plans, right? I wanted to, I wanted to say it, Baylor. I won a national championship. Yeah. Why did I want so, to And that's another thing I want to yeah, talk yeah, about. Yeah. You're beating me to it. But yeah. so you didn't have like this ride where you, you won like a title at Baylor and then you went to LSU. Like, you know, you, you went to Drake, you went to VCU, mm-hmm. you know, Des Moines is, is, is a long way from Waco, Texas. Yeah. So that is again, the sacrifice of your profession to, to try, uh, clearly that made sense for you. Yep. And and so what, what was that experience like? You know, if a couple nuggets from that, like, mm-hmm. you know, going from Baylor and then going to Drake. I mean, it must have been, yeah. that's another thing where you have to, you know, you have a goal and a vision to keep these, to get the best out of the players, regardless of what stage you're mm-hmm. on. How, how did you, let me ask that question. How do you negotiate that? You just go from winning in that, the biggest stage ever as the main guy, and now you're at Drake, which is not the biggest stage ever, but your job is still, humans are important wherever they are. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. So, obviously, I didn't know all that back then. I was learning the whole yeah. route of wisdom and all that, and my faith wasn't near as strong, not even close, um, but it, it was strong enough. And um, when Jeremy came back and took that job, Back at Baylor, because yeah. he's here now with Kim. I obviously need a job. So he comes back from Tyler High School. Correct. And now he's back. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, I get it. Kim has 100%. been there for like nine years. Yeah. Like, that's kind of a no brainer at the mm-hmm. end of the day. Um, so then I needed a job. So I'm searching every day. Drake University pops up. Their first ever women's basketball only strength coach. Yeah. Their first one ever. Jenny was the head coach. She's now at OU. Yeah. And um, I was like, man, she's going to make it big time. She's doing really <laughs> well there. Like, this would be a good opportunity. Yeah. Iowa. Didn't they ever think I would live there? I had a friend in college from Des Moines. Mm-hmm. Constantly like, man, what's up there? Just corn, da 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 Yeah. I would never want to live there. Boom, God sends me there. All right, cool. <laughs> Whatever, Des Moines. Uh, Drake University, 4,000 students, like tiny, tiny. Yeah. Um, the girls are great. The, the 
facilities are a lot different. They're not <laughs> bad by any means, actually. Yeah. I was very happy with it. Division one college sports, yes. for the most, you're going to be surprised at like, mm -hmm. wow, especially in smaller schools. Like, this is nice. Yes. Yeah. And you get there, and these girls, man, different type of athlete. Yeah. So then you have to learn how to train, change that type of athlete who's not as talented, but they just want to work. They know that. Yeah. They, they just wanted to get better, so they were about it. And then I could bring a whole new level of work ethic to them. And hey, this is what we do there. This is how much they come in extra. You need to do that or more to that, compete with those types of people. And they just, they fully accepted me immediately. They were very good on nutrition already. And that was awesome because here at Baylor, man, the nutri nutrition was a thing, but it's not the most important thing. And there it was the most important thing. And I was the first ever strength coach for them. And they really were realizing this is what we need to get us where we need to go. So Jenny was putting together a good staff for that. Mentally, were you thinking, okay, I'm focused on the day-to-day. -day. I want to make these these women just better better athletes and, like you said, keep them available. Mm -hmm. Or were you thinking, like, hey, I, I, I do want to get back on that stage where I can t be with the team that goes to the national championship? Or, or were you thinking both? So one thing I told them immediately, especially the players, was you have to believe something can be done that has never been done here before. If someone else can leave, live their dream, then it's certainly possible you can live your dream. If yeah. that's your dream, we can do it. Yeah. So it was just it's going to take a little bit more work. And uh, I was thinking a day to day basis. I my first ever really had job that wasn't interim, and on my own completely. Under, yeah. Not with Charlie around uh -huh. the soundboard yeah. or nothing. New strand coaches to work with. I've never met before. I don't know how they're going to be. And uh, I was just like, okay. I got to show up, boom, study, 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 ask questions. I just did that for forever until I started with them for about a month or two. And then it's like, I get in there, I have this great program and do all it all, you know, I just always yeah. have the best ideas <laughs> and you're doing it and it's going well. And, uh, and then your season starts and it's a lot different because Kim does things. I knew her tendencies Yeah. and Jenny was a new coach for me. And it's like, okay, but now I got to do this a little differently program out the window it's pretty cool to, yes. to learn a whole other just way of coaching and another mm -hmm. okay because there's there's i mean you, you walk into a room with 12 coaches you might have 12 different styles right exactly you know? so that's to learn that only enhances your ability to do your job exactly and jenny man she was very very good at communication with me she always wanted to learn what i was doing why i was doing it because yeah. of what it did at baylor how that's going to help her program and how we could work together to get the best athlete. So she's a sponge too. Yes, she yeah. was, she's very good at that. Yeah, and, and that was different for me to have to adjust to because Coach Mulkey is just yeah. like, she's done it forever. She knows what to do. I don't have to tell her nothing. I just need to make sure we're good to go. He was like, man, I really have a chance to develop them as much as possible. So that was amazing experience for me, and I learned a lot of how to develop a different type of athlete and what was too much and what was too little for them. And I was there for two years. How did you end up at VCU? Uh, so after my second year, uh, I, and you know, back then I really kind of operated off of emotions a little bit too mm -hmm. much and yeah. really frustrated, getting frustrated. Yeah. Um, which obviously is just part of the learning curve. Yeah. And uh, I got frustrated one day and then Jenny left to go to OU and I didn't go with her. And uh, I don't I remember what it was. I was very emotional for a week or two and frustrated. And I was like, I was going to look for jobs. Da, 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 da. Yeah. VCU. 33 days have passed since the opening. I was like, oh, well, my buddy works there. He's a men's strength coach. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Let me see what it, what it looks like. Text Charlie, and Charlie texts him. His name is Daniel Roos. He's still there. <laughs> yeah. And from what I've heard is, I, I put an application online. They had just interviewed their last person for the second interview, uh, and they pretty much had a decision. 
Roos runs up after a coach in the parking lot as he's running, walking to his car. Coach, you got to you got to look at this guy. I, this guy's really good. You have to give him a chance. All right, I'll go see if the head coach wants to give him a chance, and we'll go from there. The next day, the head coach calls me. Boom, nail nail the interview. I guess you would say, and then a few days later, Zoom interview with all of them, knock it out of the park, and then within a week or two, it's all you. <laughs> and um, I remember because they flew me out immediately to get in person interview, kind of yeah. checking boxes type thing. And uh, and I'm such a simple guy. I I packed my suit in a backpack, <laughs> and then put it on and just went in. And then yeah. I was I remember packing it back up and changing the coach's office and walked down. They were like. You put, your suit was in your back. I, <laughs> I probably like, loved it, right? Yeah. yeah. I was like, uh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I don't need much. I'm good. <laughs> but I remember sitting in the airport, man. And this, like I said, I was very emotional back then, frustrated. Yeah. I'm just trying to understand why is God all of a sudden taking me away from Drake, where I've settled in two years. I really love this city. Yeah. I came to love it, man. And uh, I was sitting in the airport. Trying to figure it all out. But Jenny goes to Oklahoma. Right. And exactly. you don't go so with her. Correct. Yeah. And a new coach took place. And I love that coach, yeah. AP, Allison Pullman. And she's great. But I, obviously, I, I did what I did for a reason. I'm in the airport. Going in line to get food is too long. And I'm a very patient person. So it's not like me to just, okay, I'm going to go sit back down, eat yeah. my cheeses and Pop-Tarts. <laughs> and then it's like, all right, I'm going to go back. I'm going to be patient. Thomas, you're going to be patient. Uh, it's in to go line. Oh, it's too long. Let me go be patient in the line. Just sit down. I got nowhere to go. I got four hours more flight. Yeah. And uh, the guy's like, look for a seat. Man, I can't find anything. Finds a seat at the end of the bar where the the people come, the waiters come in and out. Sit down. Sit next to this this girl and um, started looking at the menu. She asks, you know, what are you doing here? Oh, I just accepted a job. I'm just trying to figure out. It's, it's a very interesting place for me to be right now. First thing she says, well, you know, uh. In the heart, a man plays plans his ways, but the God order God orders his steps. I did, I do I about lost it right then and there because my faith had grown so much in those two years being alone. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, for that to be the first thing she said to me <laughs> is like, okay, I know what I'm doing is the right path. Mm -hmm. So there, that goes by. I drive to VCU, pack up my stuff in the car once again, whatever I could yeah. fit, I'm taking. That's but, and, it. And by the way, this all goes back to what you've told me today. It's like, it's simple. Yeah. Just stay, just stay. Yes. Like, like yes. simplicity. Like, like you don't have to overcomplicate things. Right. This is, this is the right move. You know, spiritually, God, the door is, is opening now. Yeah. You know, after one, it's shut, but it's tough to see at the time. I'm sitting right. here talking like I'm this, I'm perfect at it. I'm not mm -hmm. in my own life, but it's clear that this is all happening, you know, mm -hmm. and you're getting the signposts. Yes. That you exactly. Need. That's yeah. the craziest thing when you start actually seeing it and hearing it. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I go to VCU, dude, and, the nicest facilities I've ever been around. The arena is, is like a historical thing. Oh, yeah. So it is what been, it yeah, is. Yeah, the Coliseum, right? Yeah, but they yeah. have this brand new basketball facility for basketball, men's and women's only. They have their own chefs in there, and it's like the nicest thing ever. Final Four will do that it for was, you, right? Yes, Going to the exactly. Final Four in 2012 exactly. or yeah, 11, yeah. So I was like, this is awesome. And yeah. my buddy works here. So I get to doing that. And, you know, the biggest part of that, especially from a faith perspective, is like I started talking to these athletes who also just want to work really hard because they're the same type of athletes for yeah. the most part, not as talented, but they, they really grabbed onto what I was saying about what we needed to do and how we needed to get there and why you need to believe in yourself. Cause I would always ask people, ask them, who do you believe in? What do you believe in? And you know, uh, I believe in God. I believe in a family and this, this, and I was like, yeah, you never said yourself. So then it's like, okay, boom, we're opening eyes. And then and all of a sudden they started talking to me. Cause I, I, like I said, I coach from a faith 
faith-based perspective is I thought I had to go to church to be a believer in Christ. And it's like, no, man, like you don't have to. And then I start going that route with them. And then you get to buy in pretty easily mm-hmm. also on top of that. Cause they just know you're for them. And, uh, we, we, we train hard for all summer long, hardest they've ever, the coach is loving it. We're all science-based principles and all types of things, man. And, uh, I had two ACL injuries that year. And then it's just like, I, those things ate me up. I was about to ask you that question. When you see a roster or if it's, God forbid, your own, mm-hmm. where you're seeing people get these these injuries, you know, some of which season-ending, mm-hmm. possibly career-threatening, what, how does that affect you? It, it, it's hard, man. You lose so much sleep because you're the sole person who can prevent it. Yeah. So you have to do everything. But can you, I mean, right. You never, yeah. no, you hundred percent. We're talking about controlling God. Like, like yes, you're not, yes. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But you have a, a good enough say in what you're doing to 70, 80%, yeah. man. Like you can really, cause we don't do anything. And energy raise definitely yeah. going to happen yeah. probably, but you, what you do makes the biggest difference. And I'm like, and that's all on me. Have you ever had a coach? And you don't have to, you know, point anybody out. Have you ever heard of a coach looking at the strength coach being like, hey, what, 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 what's the deal? Dude? All the time. And yeah. then in our profession, man, because like I said, we're the only ones who can really have any kind of chance of helping or improve their ability to not be injured or not hurt, yeah. get hurt. Now, sometimes like a contact injury, you just it is what it is. But like you can also reduce that to a little bit of extent, or at least give them a hope and a chance. Um, How do you reduce strong. the contact? In, oh, wow. okay. Just, strength, like, keeping yeah. things strong. Like they can take all like. Football, right? Like yeah. you get hit all the time, but if you didn't ever lift or do anything like that, you probably get hurt a lot faster. Yeah. Same with basketball is very physical. Uh-huh. So making sure everything's strong enough to where it can take what it can take. But you know, there's sometimes some people's bodies just they can only do so much. Yeah. No matter how strong you are. Well, and so, that's that's and that's that stinks for them because right. you become injury prone and that's exactly you know, that's unfortunate. And and a lot of it also can be just like your mental status status of it all. Like yeah. If you really are just scared all the time, you're not going to perform very well because you're in this like high alert stage of stress, and that really eats up your body. So you got to have the confidence to go in and not worry about anything, but putting that ball in the hoop or doing what you got to do. If you're thinking about other things and you're not, then your body's a little unsure of its yeah. movement, and that wears sudden. you out. Dude. Exactly, yeah. and then you can just get injured. But like, I don't, it's it's hard. Like I said, when when someone does two ACLs, I think about it all the time. What yeah. can I have done differently? What can I have done better? I text that AT every once in a while, the athletic trainer. Yeah, and he's like. Here's what I've gathered. Why this one? We had a week off before it, and all of a sudden we come back, yeah. and they weren't with you or anything. That's why this one happened. What about what about when a coach is? <laughs> this is and I, I love Bobby Knight. I mean, he's mm-hmm. a nut, right? But I, I, I'm just fascinated. There was a book, um, a season on the brink. John Feinstein wrote it. It was years ago, and it just followed him the whole year, yeah. right? And uh, you know, this is craziness. Now they lose a game. <laughs> they get back like they, they practice like three times in one day and guys get, yep. get hurt. You know, what is the, I mean, and it's all on him. It's his fault. You know what I mean? There's nobody who could get in the way. I mean, he, right. he, he, you could tell you kind of admitted in the book, but how do you, do you, do you, and I don't want to use the word intervene, but do you kind of have input with coaches? Like, Hey, I think, I think they need a day off today. Or, uh, or I yep. think, yeah, like, like, and, and the coaches listen. Cause I would imagine that's instrumental. And their ability to stay available and to keep going. And sometimes you mentioned being emotional. Coaching mm-hmm. is the most stressful thing in the world. One of, you know, how do you how do you get them to do the right thing by by you know by the team and health wise? Yeah, so it's got to be hard. Like, to... like you know, every coach is different, man. Yeah, the younger ones are figuring things out still. So 
it was easy for me to have a, an open door communication and things like that. And like, coach, I remember at Drake, especially like Jenny was, I was watching things in practice. I'm like, hey, we really need to come out. This girl needs to come out right now yeah. because we got to play tomorrow and her numbers are way too high. And this is not what she should be at. There's obviously some level of stress that she's going through that. What numbers? What do you mean like? Uh, the heart rate monitors gotcha. that I used to watch. Okay. Like, she's running out 88% of 100% of her heart rate max, what it could beat at. Yeah. And it's like, we're not doing anything. Like, it shouldn't be that high. She's obviously not recovered from the day before. We need to reduce the amount of practice. Man, Jenny. Do was, all these athletes wear monitors during practice? Um, Different schools, once uh -huh. again. Like, Drake, I, I did it a lot. Uh, VCU, we did it a lot, and we had it for everybody to see. And uh, But it can also be used in the wrong ways. Yeah. Depending How so? on the coach. Like, they're not, oh, they're, their heart rate's not in the red. They're not working hard enough. Oh, uh, yeah, you know yeah. I mean? <laughs> so then it's, but that's my job to teach how yeah. you should interpret that because that's what I'm there for and that's yeah. what I do. Like Coach Mulkey, right? I don't do it anymore with Coach Mulkey. I do it in the summer for my own conditioning for them to get them ready. Yeah. But during the season, it's, she's going to do what she's going to do. Yeah, you know how to work with that. for 40 years. Yes. And there's nothing new I can tell her that's going to change the way she's going to win. Yeah. So for me... With her, it's knowing her tendencies of what she's going to do in practice or just making sure I observe practice so closely that I adjust what I'm doing all the time. And that's how I do it is practice was very hard today. All right, we're taking this out of lift, taking this out of lift. We're just yeah. going to do this. So you can you minutes. can control what you can control. Exactly. Yeah. Charlie Melton has a good way to put it. It's like sometimes you have to be a brake pedal. Yeah, like like you said, coaches will get very emotional very easily. Yeah, yeah. and then sometimes that that leads them to oh, we're running a little bit extra because of this, this, or that. Yeah. So and then I got to make sure like I'm just steady, steady state all the time, even kill. Like I'm I'm there for the protection of them. If I go hard in the weight room, they just went hard out there. Well, they're probably not gonna do very well the next day, no matter what it is. And if yeah. I get hurt, so like I said, at the end of the day, if they get hurt, it's on me. So like I need to be the brake pedal. I'm not here to chase numbers. I'm here to chase performance and health and availability on the court. I love how that's such a, I, I mean, like the biggest component of it. I'm telling you, the average person doesn't know that. Just mm -hmm. keep them available. Yes. Um, all right, a couple more things. I don't keep here all day. You uh, you end up back at Baylor. Mm -hmm. I mean, I mean LSU, yep. back with Coach Mulkey. What is that? I, I got to imagine that's probably a pretty awesome moment, how that played out. How, how does it play? I mean, she's been there for one year, mm -hmm. and then – Obviously, she had success, but you know you clearly are in the right place now. How do you end up back there? How does that take us through those events? So I was at VCU for nine months, basically got there in July, one season through. Coach calls me, I think, close to the end of April or beginning of May or something like that, asking if I was interested in coming back. How often do you keep in touch with her? Um, Man, she's she's great. She treats me like, a like her own child. When I moved to Drake, yeah, she like within a few weeks, she's like, hey, you have everything you need. Well, yeah, coach, like, like what's, you know, I'm simple man already, but like I was in the apartment, don't have a bed or nothing. I was, yeah, coach, I'm good. I got an air mattress. That's, that's all I got right now. Yeah. Why? You don't have a bed yet? Yeah. Let me send you a bed. Let me, let me get you this, this and that. What else do you need? And so she's, every once in a while, we, she's good at keeping in touch, yeah, man. Yeah, like she's, yeah. a, she's a good hearted woman, man. And I love it. Treats me like her own. So, um, same thing VCU every once in a while because she's going you know, to take care of her stuff. Well, we sure. reach out to each other. Just to I say mean, it's the busy. I can't uh, imagine yeah. both you guys. Exactly. So then, well, whatever, late April, early May, she calls, Hey, you know, I got the spot open. Are you interested? I was like, yeah, coach, I'm interested. <laughs> but for me, I was battling like, okay, uh, I'm very happy where I'm at. And I, I had been telling people for a little while. I was like, 
I've learned that, you know, I'm not chasing salary or fame or anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's more important to be happy wherever I'm, where I'm at and what I'm doing. So it's like, man, I'm really happy here. Like, why would I think about going? Like, but it's like, okay, I write down pros and cons and all these other things, pray about it. And it's like, okay, Hall of Fame coach. I'm, I was 28 at the time. It sets your career up for life, for life, as long as you do well, right? Yes. Sets your career up for life. And no one gets this opportunity ever, one, for a Hall of Fame coach to call you and ask if you want to come back. And then, two, it's like to go work for anybody who's even in the Hall of Fame, just to even know somebody, you know what I mean? And it's like, okay. And it's closer to home. I'm only six and a half, seven hours away from Waco. It's an easy drive. Virginia. Like it's not even thought about oh, driving yeah, like yeah, twenty two no. hours. Yeah. And for Iowa it was like a thirteen hour drive. So like, man, I can go see my family more often. My my parents are getting older. My grandparents are getting older. Like, there's only so much time left in life for them. Like, I can I can easily boom, bounce back and forth on a weekend now. Um, so it came down to that. It came down to the family piece. And then, you know, it's it sets you up for the rest of your life career wise. And um, I don't think a lot of people get that blessing in general. So if I could do that and then have the stage that I do now yeah. to help people understand and learn how to yeah. get there. like, that's, it's, it's what I'm meant to do here now. So, and it's, it's, it was a battle. Like I said, I was so happy. Yeah. It was so cool. I had the best weight room possible. <laughs> like the best guy to work with. It was awesome. It's like, God's like, I think I need you down here, man. I think you need to go I'm like, okay, let's do it. And now it's like, I would have never guessed one. We would have not championship yeah. this year, but that, I would have felt the way I felt after winning it. It's like, dang, this is great. But like, why is my heart hurt from all this about the fame and all that? Yeah. So like now I have a different way to see things and learn from and teach others. It's always about teaching others. Well, let me ask you this. So this is, um, I mean, this season for you also culminating, you know, 90 minutes from home, um, you know, at American Airlines Arena, you guys, and it's, look, man, this was a, this was an incredible year to be to be watching women's mm-hmm. college basketball. I mean, you know, the characters were there. You talked about Coach Mulkey is always she is now evolving into just somebody who you might see her on like the PTI set, just her head. You probably yeah. will. Yeah. And she's way bigger than that. Right. But you know what I mean? Like she's becoming, you know, a household name. Kim right. and the, the, women's basketball we're yes. talking about. I mean, that's Pat Summit, that's Kim Mulkey. I'm sure I'm forgetting some people, but you get the idea. Yes. And now you know, she's able to 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 face off with Caitlin Clark and you guys have Angel Reese and you know Dawn Staley in the final four. It's just a, an amazing time for women's college basketball. Mm-hmm. Were you aware of that? Or because a lot of times teams, successful teams, are in their bubble. You know, you do what you have to do. Mm-hmm. Were you aware of the magnitude of the moment? Not that it would have been <laughs> like we like what happened with nine point nine million viewers and all that. I definitely like that thought or anything like that. Didn't cross my mind. I saw, I kept up with them enough to see the fan base that was yeah. filling the PMAC all the time, the arena. And I was like, man, that's that's amazing that she did that so fast. Yeah. But then to have what we did this year, no one really expected the fan base, one, locally and nationally, to do what it did all year long consistently. Yeah. Like, it really goes to show, like, what she can grow in her home state. Yes. And uh, so I was not aware of the magnitude of the time. I just saw it as an opportunity to, to be with her again and to help her achieve what she wants to achieve too. Yeah. What was it like to be like, 
I can't imagine the emotion for her and just to be, to be around when we saw it, but just to be around that. I mean, and I, I, I talked to Julie, you know, Hayes, and, and she's real close with Kim and I'm real close with Julie and I'm just a sports nut. So I'm always fascinated about like, you know, what it's like to be around that. You were right, right there, mm-hmm. you know, around a Hall of Fame coach with you could not write a better script. Dude. Never, no. Like, so for her, I mean, it's like, so what was it like to be around that? And were you, were you aware of how special this was for her? I guess that's a long question, but yeah. For like the specialness of the national championship. Yeah. I mean, dude, it's too, LSU was, yeah. they were a powerhouse. Right. And now they're winning a national championship. Right. You know, when she got there, you know, I don't know if you've seen her interview or is, I want to point it up to the, the, yeah, the banners yeah. and there's no national championship. Yeah. That's what I came here to do. Yeah. But all year long, no, our goal was to win one more game in the NCAA tournament than last year, one more game in the SEC tournament. You know, she breaks it up into seasons, and then, like, we did that. Boom, check mark, check mark. And it's like the NCAA tournament. All right, we got the round two last year. That's what we just need to at least do that. Let's hopefully, maybe we get Sweet 16 Elite Eight. That's what we want to hope for. Um, and then it just it kept happening, kept happening. We kept rolling. We kept doing what we do and just preparing. And, uh, and, and just surreal what happened. And, like, she she would tell you the same thing right now. It's still probably surreal to her, like to do it in two years when she knew and understood that she came in to rebuild a program and it was hey, she kept telling me all year long, it's just it's not a quick process. Like we're <laughs> I know all the pressure you are putting on us right now. That's why we have an easier schedule or whatever. Yeah. Like we're here to like rebuild. Like it's not supposed to be an overnight thing. So we don't have the expectations to do what we did. Um which is nice. You're kind of right. playing with house money. Right. What 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 separates you've been around a bunch of different teams. What 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 is the mentality of of of, of a Kim Mulkey squad? What what separates them? Because we talk about, you know, everybody's ability and skill level. Clearly there's something happening that's that's bigger than sports, bigger than basketball. What what is happening if you can give us a window? Yeah, so I mean, part of that is we had five freshmen last year and then we had uh I don't remember any transfer. Nine. We had nine new people total yeah. on the team, right? And then only one or two people that returned from the, her first year to play. So our whole motto all year long was to piece it together. Because how you get nine new people to to learn your philosophy, especially the transfers, you know other things from other coaches and how, how to play a whole different way than what you did. You got to reteach them everything. And she just, it's the belief she she puts in the other people because she's hard and demanding on you. And she's going to tell you straight up what you need to do and how to fix it so that we, we get to where we want to go and to never take anything personal or offensive. Cause she's just straightforward. Like, but why wouldn't you be? Cause who wants to beat around a bush and wait forever to get a little bit better when I can just tell you right now, boom, if you'll fix it, <laughs> we am much better than the person who's still trying to like figure it out. Cause we're going to be really, really nice about her or something like that. Yeah. So she, she builds this personal belief in yourself first, and then you believe in everything we're doing because she's the same person every day when she shows up. So when you see that high level of excellence that's consistent, yeah, it's like, man. Do you see momentum build within these, yes. these young women, like confidence grow? Yes, and, all year yeah. long because, I mean, all summer, that was my main focus is how do I get all these new people to click and learn and have a good culture so that way yeah. they can talk to each other freely because that's what you're going to need to do on the court is yeah. learn how to communicate. 
And so that was a main focus all summer long. And we would do little activities. I like wouldn't go play beach volleyball and stuff like that. Just enjoy each other to get to know each other. And then Kim would back it up all year long and practices and stuff like that. Especially like, say if like I'm being the bad guy, all of a sudden I got to make you do something. Well, then you really have to stay together as a team. Mm-hmm. So that way you're not affected by what's going on outside of you. And like one thing I tell players all the time, is like if there's no enemy within, the enemy outside can do you no harm. Mm. And like you, you never know, especially with like media and stuff coming at you. Oh yeah. And like it's nil perspective, that's, that happens a lot. So like that was a big focus for me. And you know, someone's opinion of you doesn't have to become your reality. So when we're going all year long, is building the belief in yourself, and everyone believes in themselves. It's a lot easier to communicate because you know who you are. And then coach is like, "This is what our goal is. This is what we need to do each day." And if you haven't done anything better than you did yesterday, then you're wasting your time. And she would yeah. say things like that. And when we win a big game, she's like, all right, that's great. Like, now flush it. <laughs> like, we need to move on. Yeah. Because that's not the goal. Like, she would tell them, you haven't done any, you've won games, but you haven't done anything relevant yet. And that was very, very true all year long. Yeah. Especially not conference, going into conference and doing things like no one ever gave us credit. So we didn't do anything relevant. Yeah. So it was just, it's, <laughs> she's great at what she does. I mean, she's one four for a reason. Yeah. So. Well, dude, Thomas, I cannot thank you enough. Anything else you want to share? I I got one thing for you. Yeah. Enjoy it a little bit. I know you're enjoying it a lot, but like have fun. I think like the the process you're going through, like, you know, I just think it speaks to who you are Mm -hmm. and your humility. But don't forget to. To enjoy the ride. Yeah. You know, don't, don't be hard on yourself. No, definitely. Yeah. I'm trying to go fishing tomorrow. That's what I want to do. <laughs> yeah, okay, cool. Well, I thank you so much. Yeah. Man. Appreciate it. Absolutely. No, I appreciate it too. Thank you. Yeah. Great job. This has been a Rogue Media Podcast. We are Rogue Media Sports.